there are special things about living in the times that we do, right? Uh, in every time there are challenges, there are good things that come. And uh, one of the good things about living when we live in history is that light is so readily available to us, right? Just think about how many days uh, you uh, just, if you want a light, turn your phone flashlight on or there's a nightlight. There's some kind of light not far from you uh, that's available to you. And so when the power goes out and all of a sudden you're thrown into utter darkness for an extended period of time, we begin to panic, right? First of all, our cell phones aren't charging, so we're going nuts. And the internet's out, so the kids are going nuts. And so it's hard though, but the darkness can be a challenging thing because we're just not used to darkness. <clears throat> but really, if you go back, even just a few decades, darkness was a pretty prevalent thing. The sun went down and it was not a big deal that your day ended because the availability of light was, um, was just not there. And so light is a blessing to us in many different ways. And so when we think about God's word, the Bible, one of the metaphors that is constantly used to talk about uh, the Bible, and especially Psalm 119, is the image of light. That the Bible gives you light for your life, uh, both within and without. It gives you light to be able to live by. It gives you light to be able to know God. It gives you light to know Christ and, and to have a relationship with Christ. It, gives, it illuminates the path to make all of those things happen. And so when the Bible talks about light, uh, the contrast to that, of course, is darkness. And so the metaphor for darkness is always being separated from God, not being aware of what God has done, not knowing Christ. There's the image of being in the dark or darkness is not a good place to be spiritually. It's better to be in the light. And so the verse that we're going to think about today from Psalm 119 is certainly a verse that... that um, it's echoed other places in Psalm 119, but this is probably the most famous one that we're going to see here today. Uh, we've been looking at this series called Hidden Blessings the last few weeks, trying to grow our appreciation for uh, God's Word. Um, and back in December, uh, we looked at a series about some evidence-based things, about why you should have a stronger faith and why you should believe in Christ and believe in the resurrection, all those kind of things we kind of touched on. And, and we did talk about the Bible and why it's a believable book. But I think what we're going to look at here today, and, and what we're going to see hopefully by the end of this, is that there's a trait about the Bible that I don't think it's quantifiable, that people who engage the Bible begin to have light shown into their life in different ways and in different forms. They begin to see, um, not necessarily miraculous, but they just begin to, there's a wisdom that just comes from people, an ethic that comes to people. There's a, a way of thinking and living that just tends to happen to people who are around the Bible that reflects in cultures, right? Why do we as a culture have some of the norms that we just take for granted, the value of life or, or, or just right and wrong or all those things that just culturally we think, why is that? Because there was a group of people who moved here who had a very um, firm commitment to the Bible and living it and thinking it and knowing it and living it out in a lot of ways. Um, and so to contrast that to a culture that doesn't have that and, and those values are not there. And so the Bible is, is one of those books that just when you engage it, especially when you come at it eagerly, wanting to know, wanting to learn, what you begin is defined as it brings light into your life in some cool ways. And so we've said, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. This whole idea of hiding God's word, God's truth, God's story in our life. And there are hidden blessings that come out of that. We looked at last week about wisdom and clarity come. And today we want to think about the idea of lights. 
You see, lights are good. I got a great Christmas present this year. Um, this is a, uh, a hat that probably looks better on an older man, maybe. I'm, I fit that category now, so I can certainly wear it. But the best thing of it all is if I put it on and I'm in the dark, I have a light underneath the bill of the hat that allows me to be able to work. And when I'm out doing manly things like working on my car, ha ha ha, that's never going to happen, uh, doing things like that, um, doing dishes, more important, more, more likely, no, I'm kidding, my wife's laughing wherever she's at, no, that's not going to happen, but anyway, this is a helpful thing, just shows the availability of light, maybe you uh, grew up um, and you were the flashlight holder for your dad, anybody have to do that, just a difficult chore, I found this, this made me laugh when I saw this this week, that when you're helping dad fix the car to learn, but all you learned was how to hold a flashlight and get yelled at, okay, and you probably learned a few extra words that dad wasn't proud of after the fact as well. And so, uh, but just being a light bringer, having light in your life is an important, important thing. And we live in a time when light is available, not just physically with flashlights, um, but spiritually. And so I want us to look at Psalm 119, beginning in verse 105. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open there and um, please leave it open because it's going to become relevant for you later. Um, if, uh, if you would leave it open with us, um, we're going to look at something um, later as well. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. That's a famous verse. You've probably heard that if you've ever gone to VBS. I think every two years that verse is used in VBS curriculum. It's well known, well repeated. And there's a reason for that because it says concisely what so much of the big picture of the Bible is all about. The Bible is about bringing light into your life. And it's not just general light. It's specific light that tells you about who God is, who you are, who God's son is, how to have a relationship with that God and his son. Um, there's important things about life, about knowing God, about how we walk wisely. And there's a path and all these things that Psalm 119 continues to talk about. And the Bible is giving you light for that path. Now, again, the converse of that, the opposite of that is, is the idea of walking in darkness. And if you've ever walked in a dark place, you know the danger and the uncertainty of that, um, the unsettledness of that. And yet the Bible comes and says, the psalmist says of God's revealed word to him, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. And so that sounds like a nice statement, but why does he say that? A lot of these little paragraphs, we've said, we've kind of shared that Psalm 119 is, is, a, is a series of eight verse paragraphs all attached to a Hebrew letter. Um, so we've looked at a couple of them, and today we're looking at another one, the, the, the nun up there. Um, it's another Hebrew letter. Uh, but as you read through the, many of them, there's not necessarily a flow to them. They're just kind of eight. The guy needed eight statements that started with the same letter. So it, sometimes there's a randomness to what he says. But in this one, I think there's a, there's a flow to what he says. There's a context that he kind of unpacks. And, and he says, I appreciate God's word being light. And listen to what he goes on to say. I have solemnly sworn to keep your righteous judgments. I, I want to live by your way, but this is why I need this. This is why I appreciate your light, because I am severely afflicted. He's living in an uncertain time. He's got affliction. There are things, whether it's internal, whether it's pressures from without, as we'll see in a moment. He's living in a place where it feels a little dark. He's unsettled. He's uncertain about his life. And, and there are things that are just kind of uh, getting kicked around and tossed around in his life. He's afflicted. And so he says, Lord, give me life through your word. And so he comes to God and said, God, I'm thankful that in times when, it, when, when life is hard, when it's confusing, when there's affliction and I don't know the, the, the 15 steps ahead, I, I am thankful that your, li your word 
It gives me a light to be able to take the next step at least. He goes on to say this in 108. Lord, please accept my willing offerings of praise and teach me your judgments. My, my life excuse me, is constantly in danger, yet I do not forget your instruction. The wicked have set a trap for me, but I have not wandered from your precepts. So just three times, did you catch that if you read that? If you're, if you're looking for the passage itself, it's on the back of your sermon outline as well, just as an FYI. Um, three different times, he says in this passage, I'm afflicted, uh, my life is in danger, the wicked have set a trap for me, there is an uncertainty, he doesn't feel safe. And when you feel unsafe, uh, life can feel a little dark. It's like, well, I don't know what the future holds because there's uncertainty, danger, affliction, um, people causing trouble in my life. There's an uncertainty that makes life a little confusing. And so he is grateful um, for God's word that comes into that setting, into that situation in his life. And it doesn't fix everything. It doesn't take away all of those things, but it gives him light. People say, well, what's my next step? What am I supposed to think about right now? What should I be doing right now? It's going to give him light as he engages with it. And finally, he finishes with these words of hope. I have your decrees. Your words are, are a heritage forever. Indeed, they are the joy of my heart. I am resolved to obey your statutes to the very end. And so two different things at work there. One, life is hard. There's affliction, danger, trouble. But two, I'm not going to allow these things to keep me from following faithfully after God. And so what is it that's going to help him to do that, to not be, not be deterred by these things? It's his word. It's his involvement. It's his commitment to knowing and living out his word. So as you think about that with me, I just want to make very qu quickly five statements. I don't know if quickly and five statements don't necessarily go together, but I'm going to do it today because I've got something we've got to get to. Um, but there's just five things I observe from this little eight verses here that I just want you to observe with me and think about as God's word being light in your life and what that looks like. I think the first thing I would observe is this, that the word, God's word, gives enough light for the next step. Now, when you read that God's word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path, what would we prefer to have? What do we think that means? Well, that means I'm driving the biggest vehicle I can with the biggest brights I've got. So when I hit that switch, I can see a mile ahead of me, right? I want that little light that's on top of the lighthouse. I want that baby in front of me, and I want to see way far down there. But life doesn't work like that, does it? Unfortunately, we have no idea what tomorrow holds. Even the next hour, we don't know what that holds. And so... When the Bible says you are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, is it talking about, hey, he's going to show you everything? No, I don't think it's what he's talking about. I think what he's talking about is I'm going to give you light for the next step. And as you follow through the stories of people in scripture, there are so many ups and downs and twists and turns in life and their stories. And, and sometimes they get in those dark places like the psalmist is and they're asking questions like, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me. What am I supposed to do? And God gives them enough light to be able to say, okay, your next step is trust me in this. Relax into me in this. Lean on me in this. Here's some wisdom. Here's some wise things you should do. The, light, the Bible tends to give us enough wisdom when we seek after it to know, okay, I don't know 15 steps ahead, but I know the next step. I know what I should be. I know who I should be, how I should act, how I should live my life right now. And so I'm going to do that. And tomorrow, I'm going to start this process again. And God will give me enough light for that. 
Um, I don't know, I, I showed this in first service and it made me feel old that nobody knew what these books were. Um, but have anybody ever read these books when they were a kid, the, uh, the Choose Your Own Adventure books? Anybody ever read, read those? All right, a few. Thank you. Thank you. A few of you at least. First service, like I'm an old man showing you antiques and like, nobody knew what I was talking about. All right, so a few of you know, if you ever read these books... Um, for me, I'm kind of a little bit controlish and a little nervous about, um, I don't want to die at the end of my own choosing my own adventure. And so when you come to one of the, at the bottom of one of the pages in these stories, it would give you a choice. If you want to do this action, you go to this page. If you want to do this action, go to this page. And so you can't just pick a page. You have to look where all the pages are going. So you put a finger here to look at these pages, and then you look at those options, put more fingers in the book. And so you're like three or four fingers in looking to, okay, this is where this is going. But what about this option? Because I don't want to die. I don't want that mean people, that cat. Cats are terrible. I don't want a cat to kill me. So I'm going to avoid that. So my fingers are all stuck in the book because I want to know. I want to know where the adventure is going. And unfortunately, we approach life like that. We, why does Jesus say we worry in Matthew 6? What is worry? Worry is thinking, well, I have to line up all these things in the days to come, but what's the solution? He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough of its energy, enough worry of its own. Deal with that. Trust the Father for the rest. And so that's his solution to say, hey, quit trying to make your own adventure. Just trust me step by step. I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be okay. Follow me. We'll follow my ways. And so the Bible, I think, when you read a passage like this, don't think, okay, if I trust God and I read the Bible, I'm going to know 25 steps what's ahead of me. That's not the case. Rarely is that the case. Often it's, okay, I know what the next step is. And the next step after that, it builds on itself. And as you do that over the course of... Uh, Years, decades of life, man, you're going to have some adventures, but what you're going to find is a growing faith that sees every step of the way, God is there as a light and as a direction, bringing life to me. So that's the first thing. The word gives enough light for the next step. Number two, I want you to jot this down, that the word gives life in spite of life-threatening or life-draining struggles. Again, three times in this passage, the psalmist says, um, there's adversity, there's danger, there's uncertainty. Life is not really good for me right now in a lot of ways. But what's his prayer? At the end of verse 107, Lord, give me life through your word. Because I've got these other things, these pains and these struggles that are kind of sucking the life out of me and it's draining me and threatening me, my security and my peace. So Lord, through your word, through the light that you bring, would you just bring into my life a sense of, um, of life? Breathe into me. Help me to, to keep, at least on the inside, to know who you are, who I am in you, and that I'm okay right there. Bring life into my life through your words. And so maybe that's where you're at. And those words about that life and light encourages you. Number three, third thing um, is this. That the word, the Bible, God's word is worth my determination to surrender and bend my life toward it. Several different places. He continues to say, life is hard. There is pressure for me not to follow God's way or not to trust God, not to believe in God because life is hard. But what does he say? At least probably three, if not four times, I am resolved that the Bible, that the word of God is worth surrendering and bending my life in the direction of, even though it may be opposed even though it may feel countercultural, even though it may be difficult, it may not feel normal or natural, that's the direction I'm gonna bend my life. I'm gonna trust that God is gonna watch over that in my life, okay? So the word is worth it for the psalmist as he writes that. Number four, the word leads me to see God and seek God even in my struggles. And that's why I love verse 108 in this. 
on the front side of it, hey, there's adversity and there's difficulty and challenge behind it. There is danger and opposition, but what's he do in the middle of it? God, I seek you. And God, would you please listen to and receive my offerings of praise and teach me. What's he doing? He's still thanking God. He's coming to his God saying, God, I know life has got its challenges right now, but I want to say thanks. And so finding places to be thankful for and being committed to say, God, life is hard, but I'm going to see, I'm going to be thankful to you. I'm going to find things to be thankful for is, is a key thing that the word leads him in that direction as well. And fifth and finally is this, that the word brings promises that my greatest satisfaction is found in being God's and having God both now and forevermore. That's a long sentence, but I think it's where the, the, this passage ends. In 112, he says, or verse 11, 111 and 112. He simply says, look, these struggles are real. This is my commitments. But the thing that kind of undergirds it all that keeps me going is this belief that God, you are my heritage. You are where I've come from. You are where I'm going. And the days may be uncertain in the middle, but I know it's all your story. It's all you. And so I'm safe in you. I have peace in you. I have faith in you. I have life in you. I have, I have leading in you. And so I have this heritage that your word brings. It is a joy in my life. No matter what today may bring, I know ultimately where my story is going. I know where it's going to end up. And it's a good place. And it's, it, it satisfies me. That even though life may challenge me today, there's a satisfaction that comes from knowing where I'm going. And so that's the sermon, kind of, but it, we just started, really. Um, and so here's what I've got for you. About four weeks ago, I, it was a snowy weekend. We're debated on even having church, but we decided to have one service. And I had scheduled on that day to invite you all to help me memorize this biggest, longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. And so a couple hundred of you braved the elements and broke, broke out your snow dogs and you got here to church. And, and uh, I was greatly encouraged when I had invited you to memorize a four verse section of Psalm 119, 176 verses. I said, hey, would you commit to four verses? And I was just tickled pink that you all rushed to those papers and you signed them up and they filled up very, very quickly. That just did my heart good. So thank you for that, first of all. And then you didn't realize what you were committing to. You realized, man, I got to sit in front of a video camera at church and I got to say this out loud. And so the angst that you felt this week, I'm sorry, because the excitement that you had three or four weeks ago quickly faded as the angst and the struggle got to you this week. And so I apologize for that, but I'm grateful for you for doing that. Because I think what you're going to see next is, is a cool thing. Now, I'm not a great video producer, so I pray that the things that I'm able to do do justice to your hard work, but most importantly, they'll honor God and his word in this beautiful chapter in the Bible in Psalm 119. So what I'm going to do, I gathered all of our people throughout the course of the week, um, and we took videos of them. And I wish I could have the blooper reel, because that's, that was a lot of fun uh, to be on this side of the camera and to watch, because it was, it was hard, right? Ask anybody that you see up there. It was, it was tense. It was hard. It was a hard thing. So they all just breathed a big sigh of relief, and it was over with. But I'm thankful you did it. And I hope that you're thankful that you did it. And I hope it's not just the first time or a recent time you do it. I hope you'll keep doing, learning God's word, hiding it in your heart. Because what I have found is I listen to each one verse by verse. Man, every once in a while, I just hear a verse being spoken. I said, man, there's truth in that. 
that's a comforting truth to me, or that's a challenging thought to me, or man, I see that at work in your life, and I'm thankful for God at work in your life. And so it did me good to listen to it. I hope it'll do good for you today as you listen to it as well. So uh, without further ado, from the Ninth Street video production crew, which is me and some of my helpers, um, I, uh, I present to you Psalm 119. I just want to say thanks. I know that was hard work for some of you who did that. And uh, I'm grateful, very, very grateful. And so if you see one of those folks, make sure you pat them on the back and thank them for doing that. Uh, but then say, hey, I'm going to join you in that. I want to be somebody who learns and memorizes and lingers over God's word. And um, the cool thing is, I think in the first sermon in this series, we talked about a guy who, who found great um, help spiritually for his life because he just took one verse a day out of Psalm 119, and he meditated on it, and that gets you through the chapter twice a year. And, but just verse by verse, there's just so much depth that reflects in other places in Scripture. And so uh, I just appreciated that, and I hope that as you listen to that, that maybe some things jumped out at you, that you can go back and read that and, and find those for yourselves too. And so here's what I learned. Memorizing... Learning God's word is hard, right? It's not an easy thing, uh, especially, I heard the comment many times, the older I get, the harder this is, and it's true. Um, and so, but don't stop, even though it's hard. It requires effort and creativity. I love that. I don't care how you get it in your brain, just get it in there somehow, whether that's through song, through... through uh, Actions. I had actions I was doing below the scene. I mean, just different things, whatever it takes to get it there um, because it's worth it and it's fruitful. And um, of all the things I'd encourage us with here today is simply the idea that God's word always brings good fruits when we seek it from a humble and teachable posture. And so may that be our posture going forward. If you fast forward a thousand years or more to Second uh, Timothy chapter three, you'll find Paul um, in a much shorter way praising the value of God's word, of, of God's revealed word to us when he says this. You know that from childhood, Timothy, you have known the sacred scriptures and what's good about them. They are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So what's the best thing about the word of God is who it leads you to. It leads you to the person of Jesus. But it's not just good for that. That all scripture also is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It does a good work in our life. And so may we grow in our appreciation, our hunger, our desire to know and to learn God's word. And so um, I, uh, again, I'm thankful for each of you who have done that. We're going to pray here um, and sing our closing song here. But I just, I just want you to kind of think about what we have seen here today. And, and um, may that be something that grows in, in, in our fellowship.